pens have ink in them. Welcome to the fact off. <laughs> you gotta work on these facts. <laughs> the opening facts are so bad. You're no worse than your real facts. Welcome to the fact off. Your weekly battle of facts, y'all. Alex is the host, not a slack off. Mike's got the facts that'll smack y'all. But don't worry, cuz Pat's got your back, y'all. It's the fact off. It's the fact off. This is the Fact Off, a weekly podcast where we each bring you a randomly skill fact, and you, the listeners, can decide the winner. I'm your host, as always, Alex, and it's with me is Mikey Sands. Hey, I wasn't sure if I was going to get first billing tonight. I'm glad I did. Well, I, I introduced you first because I know your finger's hurting from clapping your hands. <laughs> I knew you were going to bring it I up early. I clapped pretty hard at the beginning of the show, and it, it, it aches. Well, yeah. he had a good reason to clap, and we'll get into that later. And with him, as always, is his friend, the weekday freak, Pat. Hey, everybody. How are you? <laughs> Happy Thursday. Yeah, what a week Thursday. to be alive. It is a good week to be alive. Y'all did your taxes? Y'all, y'all paid your taxes up? Finished them out? I did mine early. Yeah, I did we mine were early. We were very nice to remind the folks at home to turn the podcast off and do their taxes. <laughs> Because that's that was the more interesting thing to do last week. Yeah. Well, my fact, I'm telling you, I got so much praise for my fact. The, yeah, IRS, the IRS came, they came to my door and they shook my hand. And they gave me a golden W-2 as a thank you. <laughs> You'll never have to pay taxes again. I wish. That's why I always great. hope for, like, I hope for, like, an Armageddon situation. Well... The government needs like a, well, my position, a business analyst to destroy an asteroid. On an asteroid. (laughs) Yeah. I get out of paying taxes. Does anybody need to teach the asteroid geometry? Because I'll jump (laughs) up on there. (laughs) This is the Armageddon uh, experience right here. Armageddon's tired of this conversation. Am I right? Okay. (laughs) I was going to drop one of those jokes. So wait, why is your finger hurting? No, because uh, I ran the fact calculations early, and I saw that I defeated Pat. Last week, all you said was, I will never lose again. I will never lose again. And guess what? I came for you. Well, <laughs> you came for me. Phew. <laughs> that was close. <laughs> but I will say, even though I lost this week, I will never lose again. I'll say that every week. I will never well, lose again. I, I did not win this week, and Pat did not win. But I am I am having this week under protest, playing this week under protest, because rumor is Mike texted people to vote for him. Uh, false. He reminded people that voting was a possibility. <laughs> yeah, over Twitter and other forms of communication. Direct text the listeners. Venmo... <laughs> Yeah, he Venmo request. Send some money and there was a little picture of Mike's face and then some money. Hey, I, at least I've never voted for myself, and I think a oh, few I have of you voted could be guilty of oh, that. I will tell you right now, I vote for myself all the time. I did not I vote this week because I was tied with Alex. I almost voted for Mike earlier in the day, and thank God I did it because it would have been even more of a bloodbath. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I vote you for should have voted for the cheese. Everybody loves government cheese. 
I liked my fag last week. I really thought I was going to win. All the dumb facts I've had that won in get the, out, during get my you streak. A vic- get your victory fact over with. All right. Yeah. So, as the story goes, we all deliver a fact, and the winner gets to deliver the victory fact. And d- does a fact go into the Smithsonian, or is it just a victory fact that goes into it's Smithsonian? Your, no, last week's fact goes in. The victory yeah. fact oh, okay. is just icing on the cake. It's just like the guard outside tells people the fact. It's unofficial, but they're like, hey, did you know this? Yeah, they put like a new fact on the board and like rotate yeah. through the victory facts. All right. Well, my victory fact is the first bikes were called velocipedes. That's awesome. I just like that because it sounds like kind of like a dinosaur, like you're riding around on a dinosaur, which is one of the coolest uh, concepts in sci-fi. Or you're getting peed on by a raptor. That's what. It That's like. what I took it as. Velocipedes. Yeah. yeah like. Uh, yeah, I guess it does sort of sound like you're getting peed on by a raptor. I don't think if the opportunity presented itself to me, I would ride a dinosaur. You you don't think or you do think? I do think. That that was the original pitch for uh, the Jurassic World sequels was that they were going to have uh, soldiers that rode on the back of dinosaurs. I don't think that ever panned out, but uh, that was the original pitch. Maybe ride on the backs of horses. That's true. You ever see that movie War Horse? Yeah. It's all about that. If you changed yeah. War Horse to War Raptor, it would have made a billion dollars. That's not a bad idea. It's exactly oh, yeah, I forgot movie. to mention. Yeah. I forgot to mention that my mine aren't bikes. They were primitive, pedalless, and unsteerable. So these sucked. What? They were velocipedes so sucked. They were pointless and prehistoric. Why'd you bring it up? Cause, cause the name sounded badass. Unsteerable. So was it a wheel at least? <laughs> yeah. You just basically pointed it in the dr- right direction and just rode straight. It's for straight roads, like maybe Indiana. They didn't have roads it- back then. I'm assuming. How old is this? Oh, probably the 1800s. Now the bike is older than that. Oh, okay. When did they invent the wheel? The wheel was invented in 31. 31- A.D. by Jesus. All right, well, okay. These are from 1818 by a guy named Baron von Dreis. I'm not going to... If I do any more to this, this would be an actual fact. This is a victory fact. These are small little morsels that people can munch on for a little bit in their mouth and spew out. If, Mike, everyone knows this clause, if your victory fact is too long, you sacrifice your actual fact for the week. So we can trick Mike and make this fact. Van Buren guy, whatever, Van Burris? Was he the first one that says, I can ride my Rapper P with no handlebars? No handlebars. He's the first one to do that. Whatever happened to that rapper? I I, I kind of liked that song when it first came out, and then they just fell off the face of the planet. Yeah, it happens to the best of us. Yeah. Know what doesn't happen to the best of us? Is Pat's back, 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 tackler. <laughs> back, 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 tackler. Pat's back, 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 tackler. Back, tackler. Featuring with Pat. Mike. So wait, it doesn't happen to the best of us? So you're saying I'm not the best of us? No, you're not. Okay. As long as we're clear. Clearly Mike is. He won. That's true. I we feel like he's a, a good, loser. Like, corporate sponsor for this uh, segment. Yeah. Alex Ooh, Pepsi. No. Oh. All right. Today's first fact of the week for my random fact calendar. Here are five facts. Scamania County, Washington is officially a Sasquatch refuge. Nice. Fact number two. Mike, you believe in the Sasquatch? I want to know before we move on. 
I, I want to. I want to believe. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Mulder. <laughs> in 1964, when he was just 17 years old, a pre-famous David Bowie, still known as Davy Jones, was interviewed on a BBC program tonight as the founder of the Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Long-Haired Men. That's a long fact. Well, I thought that was going to be interesting, so I looked up, and you can actually watch the whole interview, and guess what? It's not. It was not interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't sound at all interesting. Well, I thought it would be cool, like, how Davy Jones, like, led, like, a movement before he became David Bowie. Hey, this this ain't no free public toilets movement here. Yeah, exactly. He's got you there, Pat. <sighs> Mike's just winning all over the place. All right. Well, this one's for you, Mike. In Iceland, a euphemism for going number two can be roughly translated as playing chess with the Pope. Uh, that's not bad. Because <laughs> it takes so long? Like, you're sitting there and and the Pope takes a while? to. Well, the, or is it gru- grueling the to pope, play with the Pope because he the, just has terrible jokes? Or The Pope is notoriously a slow chess player. Yeah, notoriously. Yeah, so everybody knows this is that. for slow bowel movements. I just think yeah. it's like something to say instead of "I need to go to the take a poop." You say, "I'm going to go play chess with the Pope." I like so it. So it sounds important. So yeah, it, it elevates the idea of going to poop. So like, it's not a disgusting thing. It's like, hey, hold the phone. This is more important than whatever we have going on right now. I'm I, playing chess with the Pope, and not, and nobody else can say that. I'm not gonna look it up, but I wonder if like I have to go see a guy about a horse. It's like the same thing. I don't know where that expression came from, but it feels like it's in the same vein. You think uh, like they're taking the Browns to the Super Bowl? Yeah, yeah. Maybe next week, Alex, you can bring in the the most interesting uh, <laughs> euthanisms for pooping. Uh, I would know, be for that. Think. I'm I'm gonna vote this week for that fact that hasn't been told yet. Yeah, if if you bring that in next week, Alex, I will vote for you. Unless you just make it a I list back and you just make a bunch you. of list items. It's, uh, it's already done. It's dookie. We can move on. Uh, okay. <laughs> all right. Giggle smoke, goof butts, and muggles were all popular nicknames for marijuana cigarettes during the early 20th century. We need to bring those back. Goof butts? Yeah, I like goof butts. Yeah. Aren't like muggles a character in a sh- Show. Harry Potter is the non-magic folk or muggles. Yeah, they're all potheads. Mm-hmm. Now we know. Tell me, that, Hermione's well. not a pothead. Well, she's not a muggle, isn't she? No, I know it's a non-magic. God, Tell me, her parents aren't potheads. Ah. <laughs> all right. Finally, this one's Alex. You're gonna be upset about this one. Relative to their body size, burrowing barnacles have the biggest penises in the animal kingdom. I can see that. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. You could see these penises? Yeah. <laughs> pretty pretty easily because they're so large. Yeah. I, I heard those, you can uh, see them from the Hubble Space Telescope. Yeah, relative size, I guess. I don't even know what ah. a burrowing barnacle is. <laughs> it's just a, a creature that is shaped like a giant penis. Yeah. You have to ask Pat, then you don't know. I that don't might be know. my least favorite expression. If you have to yeah, ask, I'm asking because I don't know. Yeah, you can't afford it. Yeah, it's dumb. I don't like that expression. No. Well, what's next, it, guys? 
Uh, Mike has to pick the order of which we go. And uh, Pat had a quick... Wait, no. Pat's just been serving up facts for the last five minutes. Pew, pew, I think pew, he, pew. his vocals need a little break. So as the winner here, I'm going to let Alex go first. Cause I, I've been giving him crap, and I feel bad about it. Not really, but, you um, know, I think he should go. Speaking of giving me crap, Mike's like, oh, the NFL draft's on Thursday. Is Alex going to be with uh, fact about the draft? Yes, I am. Wait, I, I have that deep of a voice? Yeah. You never yeah, hear yourself talk? like this. Hey, baby, yeah. I'm Mikey Sands, the <laughs> hot steam machine. Uh, they also call me the hot skin machine. <laughs> and cucumber boy. And the honorable Mike. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Mike is giggling so much. <laughs> so I googled what sport uh, league had the first draft. Can anybody guess? The Olympics. <laughs> Uh, gymnastics. No, it's the NFL. Oh, oh. Nice. <laughs> gymnastics That's is not indiv- old at all. <laughs> the, the gymnastics is like an individual sport. Why would they have a draft? No, that's not true. They're on teams. Yeah. yeah. No, would, you you can't say yeah. You didn't know that. Um. Uh, so yeah, it was the NFL. So in 1934, the year I was born, the NFL allowed. In, instilled a waiver system so teams could sign players. And the Eagles owner, Burt Bell, was like, hey, we're at a disadvantage. We don't have money to compete with the perennial good teams. We need to come up with an idea that we can get good players before. Wait, we we created the draft? Yeah, Eagles owner Burt Bell. Sweet. So yeah, in ni- himself. In 1935, there was a league meeting, and Bell proposed the annual draft. To level the playing field, and it passed. Was the original draft players from college, or? Yeah. So in 1936, there was the original draft. 90 players. How did they get these 90 players? Because there was no scouting or no agents at the time. They've had newspapers. They visited local colleges and recommend recommendations from the front offices. Yeah. Wait, it, that's essentially scouting. Yeah, I know. <laughs> what no, what like, you just said. What you just said is scouting. Well, like you know how like teams now have like whole scouting. Yeah. Groups and stuff so, like that. So this is so, bare bones. Like, well, they had yeah, to take the whole team with them every college yeah. they went to. Yeah. So it was just like newspapers of like, oh, this kid sounds good. So and well, I, there wasn't the internet back yeah. then, so. So in 1936, with the first pick in the NFL draft, the Eagles selected Heisman winner Jay Burwagner out of the University of Chicago. Woo! You guys ever heard of him? No. Because he didn't sign to play in the NFL. He chose to become a foam rubber salesman. <laughs> yeah, probably because back then he probably didn't get paid a lot. No, not at all. Early on, I did an episode of Red Granger that kind of turned the tides for the NFL. Go I did. That was, one, that was one of your better facts. So out of the 81 players that were drafted in the first NFL draft, 24 signed to play in the NFL. Wow. What and a bust. We wanted to, we, the Eagles created the draft to get... The level of the playing field to get a good player. And then the player they draft is like, nah, I'm good. Yeah, Sounds like I, a very Eagles thing to happen. Just some quick things about the fat, the draft. In 1937, they had nine rounds. They went up. And then 
They, well, they had nine rounds to start, and then 1937, they added a 10th round. But back then, there was only how many teams? Like maybe nine. 12? Nine teams? Yeah. So that makes sense to have nine rounds because yeah. there's like only nine teams picking. This was interesting. In 1939, they had a 20-round draft. But in, 80, in, in 38 and 39, only the bottom five teams drafted in the second and fourth round. What? So the so they got extra rounds. The bad yeah. teams did. Huh. So they, oh, they do that interesting again. concept. Yeah, it was actually. Like, I thought that was pretty interesting. So as I was saying, they didn't have they didn't have the ability to scout these players. It was expensive. So in 1963, with limited resources, a couple of the teams like, hey, we're gonna pull together. One group was the Lions, the Eagles, the Steelers. Um. And they had a group called the called Lesto. Said for Lions, Let's Eagles, go. Lesto, Lions, Eagles, Steelers, talent organization, and they were shared. Yeah, a, yeah. that's a bad. That's a bad acronym. That <laughs> my favorite fail. acronym of all time. What I tell you in 1964, it got better because it was Blesto. They added the Bears. <laughs> that's a little better, actually. Uh, there was also like the net, the National Football. Scouting group that was like a like six other teams, and then there was like another one called the Quanta Scouting, which was like another one. When did Kevin Costner get involved? Yeah, don't jump ahead. When, when is a uh, uh, draft day? The movie like the Oscar Oscar winning uh, draft day. Well, up until the seventies, they didn't have like events. So the Jets were actually the first team in seventy six to invite seniors. To come do physicals, meet the teens, personalities, and stuff like that. And then other teams started doing it. And then they realized these college players were missing a ton of school. It wasn't really practical because they would go visit each team. So in 1982, the National Football Scouting decided, well, that's why I have a camp for all players. We'll have a camp and they can come visit, like, Physical. Oh, that, that's when they came up with the combine. They tried to combine no. everything. That was it. That and then the other organizations, the Blesto and the Condra, had their own camps. Oh, and okay. finally, in 1985, they combined all of them to get the combine. Is that what they called well, the there's combine? There's a senior bowl yep. too. Yeah, the senior bowls where they would check out players and stuff like that. That's the most interesting part of this fact. Is that where they get the word combine from? Yeah, exactly. They had it in Phoenix one year, I think New Orleans, and then ever since like 87, it's been in Indianapolis because that's where the National Football Scouting uh, was based. So one uh, thing I found was hilarious. So back before the NFL and AFL merged, like they were in like direct competition with each other for these players. So the Rams actually started, the LA Rams and the NFL actually started like hey, we're going to try to get friends and get to these kids early and be friends with them so that they were signed with the NFL. And so the NFL leadership board liked it so much, they say they made every team do it. But not to be outdone by the AFL. So Al Davis, you know, in the Raiders, uh, was trying to sign, uh, drafted a player, but like traded his rights away. But they couldn't sign players before they were done playing college ball. They had to play be amateurs. 
So the 1962 Sugar Bowl, the Raiders drafted Lance Atworth, Allworth. Uh, he was drafted by both leagues in the second round in the AFL and the first round in the NFL. So Al Davis went to the Sugar Bowl and after the game, rushed the field to find a kid and made him sign <laughs> a contract on the field so he would sign with the AFL. Nice. See, that's, that's how you funny. win. Yeah. And then they eventually combined, and it's the NFL we have today. And but there you have it. The history of the NFL draft and the combine. When you made up for last week, I'll yeah. say that. Straight up. My fact is called the draft. The draft. The draft. You're going to add an – Mike, can you add an echo when he says that? Like draft, draft, draft. Okay. Draft. I think we get sued for that, so. Yeah, we get sued. That's good publicity for us. Do you think we'll get sued over Pat bopping around? Yeah. The theme song? Well, I'm going to go next because I like being sandwiched between you guys. I'm going to call you Mikey Sandwich. Uh, we can't start another nickname <laughs> on this show. Yeah, that was actually organic. Packed like already. One. You like to be uh, sandwiched in between us. Weird uh, phrasing. So you're not Mikey's... not in real life. Oh, when we hugged that metaphorically one time. speaking. Yeah, we did. <laughs> the pitcher never got out. I don't think. I'll send it out. Send it I googled. He raced all our heads. That was fun. I yeah, I don't think he posted it on Twitter either. So, all right, I, I'm gonna start it off. Uh, what? is the most icon- iconic comic book cover you can think of. I know you guys are both kind of comic got book heads. Action Comics, Superman lifting up the car. Yeah. You got Black uh, Suit Spider-Man. I I have I have one in mind and I'll give you a hint and it, it involves Captain America. Uh, he, is uh, it when Superman died and they have the the cape like when tattered? he beats up when he beats up Hitler? Yeah, he Thank you Alex. Hitler. Yes. Issue number 1. Captain America, he just clocks Hitler right in the face. Um, but think of a de- debut. That's like one of the greatest debuts of all time is Captain America punching Hitler out on the front cover. Yeah. That's and at I the time, that. well, that, that's what I'm going to get at. Because at the time, it sounds not, not very edgy. Like It's very common for people to say, let's punch Hitler in the face. Or like, it's cool to punch Hitler I only read comics that have Hitler getting punched on. The odd thing is, it was ten years before World War One. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Hitler wasn't even born yet. I don't know how they do. It was a baby with a mustache. <laughs> yeah, it was a baby with a mustache. No, it was uh, creators Joe Simon and Jack Kirby. They were uh, heard of them. Actually, Jewish guys themselves. So they had a little bit of an animosity b- brewing up against uh, Hitler and the Nazis, but. This issue came out March 1941, so that's a whole year before America joined in the in World War II. Yep. So this is kind of quite early, and there was at the time when this issue came out, there was not not completely split, but America wasn't all like uh, you know Nazism's evil and Hitler's you know weren't we supplying the way we stuff see him now everybody at one point. Yeah, we, we weren't really picking a side. There was a lot of uh, people from Germany that lived in America that were, like, for the German cause. And there was a lot of people that, um, you know, backed the Germans at the time. 
We were part of the still doing uh, isolationism. We were yeah. Trying to. So you you so you might think that this this comic book was like you know everybody agreed with it, but no, it, it was not a. I mean, it was popular, but it wasn't like everybody was like, "Oh God, this is this is awesome." Um, they got a lot of death threats and. Did and Captain America hurl his mighty shield in the first one? Because if he doesn't do it in the first issue, I can see people not liking it. But once true. he hurls that mighty shield, like you're all in. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I mean, the the reason why this really caught my eye, though, Alex, is yeah. everybody sees. Uh, Captain America is kind of like a van- sort of a vanilla action hero, but he he came out of a very edgy time, and this this was like edgy for its time and pretty groundbreaking, to be perfectly honest. Really? Yeah. And there, I mean, there was. I looked into it. There was a couple other uh, comics that came out before this one that had Nazis as like the enemy. I think Submariner. Um, there was a cover where they showed like a, I think it was a Nazi warship and they were like fighting on that, but it never actually showed Hitler on the cover. And, and think about this. It's Hitler is a, a leader of a country at the time of this being published. So this would be like us publishing, um, a superhero punching Putin in the face. I'm sure something somebody has. Well, do you think a high-profile company like Marvel or DC has published a comic with Putin getting punched out? Yeah, but with Marvel Marvel High, they weren't the big dog back then. They were trying to be. Yeah, I mean, they they probably weren't as big as... Yeah, obviously, they probably weren't as big as they are now. Yeah, they hit Um, their stride in the 60s. Yeah, they're still in their infancy, but... um, yeah, it, it it still was a big swing for its time. So, um literally, am I right? Yeah, literally. Uh so <laughs> yeah, the like mayor, the mayor of New York, um he was actually a big comic book fan. And Nerd. uh it's it's wrote wrote and and there's no way to really prove this out, but um the writer swears to his grave that this happened. Um, but the mayor at the time, I think his name is Florello LaGuardia, and I guess that's what the the airport's the airport, named after. Yeah, yeah. JFK's named after him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> LaGuardia Airport, not JFK. No. You idiot! Get out of here! Uh, he uh, said that he would protect these comic book writers himself. He's like, "Hey, I promise to protect <laughs> them." It's fighting people. Like, <laughs> he, he put on a mask. He yeah, he put on the shield. He had his own shield, the LaGuardia shield. <laughs> now he was promising protection. Essentially, like obviously, the mayor wasn't standing outside the offices himself. He was with the guardian. The guardian. Yeah. <laughs> no, he he had probably police officers down there guarding the front of the building. And uh, if you learned anything from Batman, they're all corrupt. That's true, except even for one mayor. guy. Yeah, even the mayor's corrupt. Well, the, in this story, the, the mayor's the not corrupt. But then Batman's a symbol of hope, and it starts to change the people. This isn't about Batman. It should, should be. be. <laughs> <laughs> what What do you get? What's your beef with Captain America? I like Captain America. He hurls his mighty shield. That's all I, I care about. I just don't think it's as, as iconic as Superman lifting up the car in Action Comics number one. 
you don't think punching Hitler in the face is iconic, guess. You don't realize it, it no one's saying it's not iconic, but I'm saying when you think comic books, you got a little guy lifting up a car over a woman. But just think of the inspiration that came out of this, like uh the Indiana Jones movies and like a bunch of other like uh comics down the road that you, you don't think that was like, inspired we, by <laughs> World War II. Crystal Skull is inspired by <laughs> yeah. I heard they're gonna de-age Hitler in the new Indiana Jones. <laughs> I keep going, it's, Mike. Sorry. No, no. Go ahead. No, they're de-aging Harrison Ford in the new. Um, uh, I always ones. get them two mixed up. I always. Uh, I mess they're very up every similar time. characters. Yeah. You tell me Hitler um, wasn't in Air Force One. No, he wasn't. Uh, let's get back to the fact to finish it, round it out. Um, Jack Kirby, he was like one of the creators, and before he actually joined the army himself, and before he left as a scout. He just wanted to create a huge backlog of comics so that way, um, and this is a quote from him, he wanted to get enough work backlog that I could go into the army, kill Hitler, and then get back before the readers missed us. So the writer himself was like, I'm going to join the army to to fucking kill Hitler. Did he do it? No. No. So it would be can. an awesome comic. I think this guy had little grandiose uh, thoughts in his head, thinking he could kill Hitler himself. But do you think Hitler, the last thing he saw, he picked up a comic book and it was that cover, and a single tear went down his cheek, and then he shot himself? <laughs> I'm kind of interested. It's kind of interesting to think if Hitler actually read this comic or not. Uh, I I doubt he comics were even himself. that big outside of America. I I, I doubt this even reached uh, outside of America. Do you, I don't know much about the comics at the time, but it seems like a more of American thing. Well, well it's Captain America. <laughs> yeah. Well, I um, mean, like, I think Superman was probably... Stop well, bringing like, up Superman. Like yeah, the stop. Looney Tunes and stuff, I think, were world-renowned at the time. I love what Superman and Batman. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks, like, no, Alex. But, like, American culture had gotten over there, so maybe yeah. it did. Not democracy, that- that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. To to round this off, I'm going to end this up with a little story that happened around the time this was written. So, um, obviously, it might be embellished, but this is the story that, as it's written. Um, so, when they released this comic, uh, like I stated earlier, there's a lot of people that were pissed off about this um and nazis (laughs) yeah nazi sympathizers uh so jack kirby took a call and a voice on the other and said there are three of us down here in the lobby we want to see see the guy who does this disgusting comic book and show him what real nazis would do to his captain america to the horrors of everybody in the office jack kirby rolled up his sleeves and headed downstairs himself. And uh, when he got down there, the callers were nowhere to be seen. They chickened out. Yeah. Well, he also went down in like this big iron suit with like this <laughs> like, light coming from it. Don't bring Iron Man into this. <laughs> At least he's Marvel. Yeah. I've never heard any of these stories about Jack Kirby. I've heard all about his comic books. He's the icon of comic books. One of the greatest well, of all time. I never finally, heard Finally, stories. you're... you're Give me something to work with. You're like this whole time, you guys are mute mutes. Uh, what do you? Like, I've made a lot of comments the whole time. <laughs> right, Wait, your, your he's the one that created Dark Side and Thanos. 
He does not like Stan Lee. Oh, thanks thanks for helping me out. He's right here. the one that cut, uh, drew Spider Man the first time. Well, where was this wealth of knowledge earlier? Um, what you, so my my ask? fact you were talking about Hitler and Captain America. I wanted to s- stick with your fact. Oh, well, my fact is Captain Punch Out. Nice after the video game. <laughs> yep, and then Mike Tyson <laughs> beat up Hitler. <laughs> that would, that would be that movie. a great video game. Uh, you want to end it, or Pat goes next? Uh, Pat's. Pat's uh, coming up next right here. And now, right. uh, share right us your here. fact, Pat. Right now. Right here. <laughs> good right se- now. Good right segue, here. Mikey. <laughs> All right. I got good news for everybody. After those two facts, this one's going to be nice and short. Uh, I thought your good news was like, I'm leaving the podcast. And then <laughs> I'm quitting forever. be happy. All right. My fact starts back in 1843. <gasps> the year Mike was born. It's true. And two New Englanders, Asa Lovejoy and Francis Pettigrove, Mike's auto egos, had each established a land claim on the Willamette River in Oregon. Well, Mike was born. Mike's favorite river. Did you know that Asa Lovejoy was from Boston? Wow. And Francis Pettigrove was from Portland? No. I wonder if this information will come into play later in the fact. Anywho. I already forgot. The spot that they laid claim was the farthest spot upriver that any ocean-going vessels could easily anchor. So it was a good spot out west. Nice. This is like in Oregon area. Um, all right, big Sherman so they, country. Yeah, or that. Same I don't know. The new area was called the clearing or the village. Alex's favorite M Night Shyamalan movie. And I do like that movie. And then there was a knock at the cabin. That's another. It's another. People movie. saw some signs, and then they got old. All right. Anyway, uh, so they settled there in 1843, and as time went on, the Oregon Trail uh, people who were taking the Oregon Trail began to arrive, and they started settling. And the two New Englanders, Ace and Francis, they each had the idea for like expansion. They're young entrepreneurs. They saw more houses, stores, a dock or two, maybe even a tavern. Ooh. The problem. This new area needed an official name. So one night at dinner in 1845, Asa and Francis debated on what that name should be. Asa, as I said, was originally from Boston, and Francis is from Portland. So what do you do when you can't decide on what you should name your new town? You split the names in half, and you combine them. Portland. Yeah, I always said Bossland. Oh, Bossland. That's cool. That's like if Bruce Springsteen had a theme park. Yeah. So what they decided to do, Francis took out of his pocket a penny, and they said, we're going to do a best of three coin flip. If Asa wins, they will call it Boston, Oregon. And if Francis won, it would be forever known as Portland, Oregon. I hope Boston wins. (laughs) It would take all three coin flips, and guess who won? Boston. No. Mike, you want to guess? LaGuardia. Oh, you're both wrong. It was Oregon. No, it was Portland. Portland. Damn. I've been waiting all day to say that one line. I have been put an exclamation point next to it, and I messed it up. It was Oregon all along. So anyway, 
Francis Pettigrove, he would keep that penny and took it with him everywhere he went. And then he he would actually leave and find another found another town, Port Townsend, Washington. And that penny would go on to be called the Portland Penny. Oh, nice. And in 1910, it was given to the Oregon Historical Society and is now on display. <gasps> and this is the history of the Portland Penny. So, you fact, the Portland Penny? It's called the Portland Penny. I thought you were going to say penny for your thoughts, or You thought wrong. I don't even know if that's a saying. What, penny for your thoughts? <laughs> I think it is. Yeah, it is a saying. It is. You didn't invent that. Well, let's get this over, and I have to go see play uh, chess with the Pope. So, nice. <laughs> Good callback. Thank you. So there you have it. Our three facts are Captain Punch-Out by Mike, Portland Penny by Pat, and The First Draft by Alex. That's my nickname for Pat is P- The Portland Penny. You Now you call me The Portly Penny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> so, yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> So go to factoffpodcast.com to vote for which one you think is the best or click the link in the show notes and it'll take you right to the voting page. Check us out on all the socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Mike is off this year, so he'll be posting more. Um, is it true you're you working have... out for the draft? And that's yeah. why you're 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 rushing <laughs> off because you might get drafted tonight? All right, let's just end the show. <laughs> Don't forget to vote on factoffpodcast.com and have a great day.